In August 2022, President Biden signed the Inflation Reduction Act, which makes substantial changes to Medicare payment for prescription drugs and redesigns the Medicare Part D benefit. Over the coming years, many Medicare beneficiaries can expect reductions in their out-of-pocket spending for retail prescription drugs, but some effects may have to be carefully monitored. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with Stacey Dusetsina, an Associate Professor of Health Policy and of Cancer Research at the Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Dr. Dusetsina has co-authored a perspective article about the Inflation Reduction Act. Dr. Dusetsina, could you start by broadly outlining the major provisions of this new law? So the Inflation Reduction Act, as it applies to Medicare Part D, will basically redesign the Part D benefit in a couple of key ways. The biggest one, and the one that I think has gotten the most attention, is that it'll add an out-of-pocket maximum of $2,000 annually for beneficiaries, regardless of how many drugs that they fill. It also removes the coverage gap or the donut hole which is a feature of the original benefit that resulted in patients having to pay different amounts as they spent money on their prescriptions throughout the year. So one example would be that today under the benefit, someone may be paying a flat fee copayment of maybe $45 for a preferred brand name drug, but suddenly as they spend over the course of the year, their cost goes up to 25% of the drug's list price. So the Inflation Reduction Act will actually remove the coverage gap in its entirety, making it a lot more seamless for beneficiaries. So they'll pay basically the same price from one fill to the next. When it comes to Medicare drug spending, what are the primary problems that the legislation is intended to address? So there are quite a few. One is that under the benefit today, there is no limit on out-of-pocket spending. So most people don't reach catastrophic spending or this very high level of spending. But for those who do, they can spend thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars out of pocket. So one of the main reasons to redesign the benefit is to add a maximum out-of-pocket cost for beneficiaries, and that was set at $2,000. I think the predictability is also another key feature. Removing the coverage gap does get rid of some of these high spikes in out-of-pocket prices that people would experience as they're filling their drugs from one month to the next. And the last component is is that over time, as the benefit has been changed, there have been a couple of unintended consequences. So for example, I've previously written about the issue where generic drugs can cost beneficiaries more than brands under the coverage gap. And this is something that will also be fixed under the Inflation Reduction Act. You write in your perspective article that the law includes a fundamental redesign of Medicare Part D benefit. Could you describe the current benefit structure and what will change in the coming years? Yes, it's quite a lot of moving parts. So when we focus first on what patients pay, today what patients would pay, they may or may not have a deductible. They would then pay in the initial coverage phase until their drug spending exceeds $4,000 roughly. Then they go into the coverage gap and pay 25% until their out-of-pocket spending exceeds over $6,500. And then they pay 5% for the remainder of the year. Now, that is a lot of information, and you can tell there are lots of moving parts, and this is one reason why costs aren't predictable to beneficiaries under the current benefit design. 
under the redesigned benefit, it's much more straightforward. So beneficiaries would have a deductible. Some may not pay a deductible depending on their specific plan. And then they'll pay their copay or coinsurance for each fill until they reach $2,000 in the out-of-pocket maximum. Now, there are also important changes to the Medicare program and what it pays. Under the benefit today, the Medicare program picks up 80% of drug spending once people have reached this catastrophic level of spending. And under the redesign, there is a dramatic shift away from Medicare spending in the catastrophic phase of coverage, where Medicare's responsibility drops down to 20%. The goal is to increase what plans pay and what drug manufacturers pay as spending increases to try to align incentives so that they aren't misplaced as they are under the benefit today. You write that as the redesign is implemented, several key effects will have to be monitored. So what possible negative implications for patients or the Medicare program are you concerned about? There are a couple. So one of the things that I think is really important to recognize is that with an out-of-pocket maximum, that there is a potential for higher spending. And some of that spending is very good. For example, if patients aren't able to afford their prescriptions and are now filling their prescriptions, that's really great spending. One thing that would be less good is if people are switching to more expensive versus less expensive drugs when there are choices. And so when we think about capping out-of-pocket spending, it creates less price sensitivity, which could increase spending in ways that are suboptimal. So that's one thing that I think needs to be carefully monitored. Another is that as part of the Inflation Reduction Act, there are efforts to limit drug price increases and also to negotiate for the prices of some older drugs, which means that there may be increases in the price for new drugs. I think this is also a potential thing that needs to be monitored carefully to make sure that the benefit is affordable over time, just for beneficiaries and for keeping premiums in check. From the patient access and out-of-pocket cost side, The other things that I think should be carefully monitored are that the bill proposes what they call smoothing of -of out-of-pocket costs as one option that patients can enroll into. What smoothing would do is it would say, take your out-of-pocket spending for your drug and divide that up among the remaining months in the year. Now, One of the things that this will do is it will prevent people from facing a very high cost all at one time, so they can just basically spread that out. But the downside is is that the way it's presented in the law is that it would be something that people would opt into. So it will require that people be aware of this possible program and to be able to go and enroll into it at the time that they need it. So you could imagine that there would be potential for some patients to maybe miss out on that benefit or not be alerted to that benefit when it could be something that would make the difference between them being able to fill their drugs or not. One last thing that I think really will need to be something for us all to be paying attention to is how plans cover prescription drugs under the new benefit relative to how they cover them under the older benefit. For example, Many people fill their preferred brand name drugs under a flat fee copayment 
under the initial phase today, and then it switches to a coinsurance or a percent of the drug's price later in the coverage gap. What we don't know is if plans under this new single-phase benefit will use co-pays the whole time or whether they might use coinsurance the whole time. And if they use co-pays, then pretty much everyone is likely to save money under the redesigned benefit. If they use a coinsurance, though, it's possible that some people may see their prices go up for their drugs. As you explain, the prescription drug price negotiations and limits on drug price increases included in the legislation are expected to reduce spending on prescription drugs more broadly. So how meaningful do you think those provisions will be for both individual beneficiaries and for the healthcare system as a whole? So I think they're going to be very influential for the health system as a whole in that there is the ability for Medicare to save substantial amount of money through both of those benefit redesigns, penalizing companies who raise their prices faster than inflation and negotiating for the price for some older drugs that lack competition. So those will generate savings to the Medicare program. Now, for individual beneficiaries, it's very likely that the out-of-pocket cap would have shielded patients from paying too much for those drugs in the first place. So I typically think of these negotiations as not necessarily changing what an individual patient using a negotiated drug might pay, but it does come back and make it so that the Medicare program is spending less and they can maintain those generous benefits for patients. Finally, What further policy changes could help ease the burden of high prescription drug prices for Medicare beneficiaries and other patients? I think it's really important to consider how we can help people better to afford their drugs when they need expensive drugs, and even when they need less expensive drugs but are using many of them. $2,000 out-of-pocket cap is by far one of the biggest and most promising changes we've seen since Medicare was first designed. But $2,000 is still a substantial amount of money for many people on fixed incomes and many Medicare beneficiaries. So I think it would be important to think through ways to lower that burden for patients. In addition to the smoothing mechanism that has been proposed, one of the things that our teams have been thinking about is, could we cap out-of-pocket costs per month in a way that was much more predictable? rather than having it be more of a financing type of mechanism. So I think affordability may still be a challenge for many beneficiaries, but I'm looking forward to seeing some significant improvements in how many people can access prescription drugs under the new benefit. Thank you, Dr. Dusetsina.